Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. It is the holiday season. That means holiday parties, work, friends, family, booze. Be careful. Hope you have a great holidays. Do not make any mistakes. Uber, call a friend, get a DD, all those things. But if you do find yourself needing legal representation to represent you in a DUI case, Marcos Garza and his team at the Garza Law Firm are East Tennessee's premier defense when it comes to DUI. They also handle personal injury and criminal defense. GarzaLaw.com. Remember that website, GarzaLaw.com. 865-540-8300. You can get in touch with someone 24-7, 365, even on Christmas. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team. We appreciate them for their support. GarzaLaw.com. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It is Wednesday, 12-13. Seth joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Good to hear your voice as usual. It's the holidays. It gets awkward with our recording schedule, so uh, sorry about no pod last week. Sorry it's on Wednesday this week, but either way, here we are. And I hope you're doing well. Likewise, likewise. Have you got your Christmas shopping done? Yes, I only need to get one more present for my dad. And my mom's supposed to tell me what to get him soon, but I have everyone completed. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Uh need to get on it actually. Yeah, I went ahead and just like after uh when we were in Aruba for Thanksgiving, I just sat the family down, set the set my sisters down. I was like, I need to know what y'all want, and I need to know it early so I can just go ahead and get it out of the way. Since so I said I'm not trying to buy it like on the 18th of December. If you could have one thing on your Christmas wish wit wish list for the Vols, what would it be? Um. Take your time. Uh. Caleb Downs at Alabama, probably. <laughs> I think. I was blown away by how good he was in the SEC championship game. How absurd were their defensive backs? I really, I just, they brought in Trey Amos off the bench, and he looked like an NFL cornerback against Georgia. He was sitting the bench. He's, I think both of their cornerbacks were first-team All-Americans, um, or 
maybe Terion Arnold was second team All American. Kool Aid was first team, but I thought Caleb Downs or whatever his name is, the down the guy that plays safety Downs, the true freshman. I thought he was unreal against Georgia. Well, I don't think we're going to get him. I don't think so either. I would take the most badass safety in the portal is who I would like. The kid from Oregon State's pretty good, right? There's a kid from Oregon State and a kid from Mississippi State. I don't know if any of them safeties, but I know there's a couple of defensive backs. The kid from Mississippi State is very good. He is very, very good. He was graded out as a top as a as a like a round three or earlier he, pick. He's a safety, right? I thought he was a corner, but he might be a safety. I've oh, seen okay, one tweet well, about it. I've seen one tweet about it. I might be wrong. I don't know. Okay, well, I just glanced at the recruiting channel in the Discord, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about either. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's a corner. I think I think he's a corner. But he had a lot of tackles, so that's why I thought he was a safety. But I could He is extremely good. He would be awesome, too. You worried all about Grayson McCall announcing that he's going to NC State? No, I'm not. I think that they're – I think that MJ Morris was uh, – I don't know that Grayson McCall is any better than MJ Morris. Okay. I think MJ Morris was going to be pretty good for them. They really, they really, really screwed that up. You want to talk about like fans being apoplectic? If that happened at Tennessee, we would like we would you would be leading the charge on campus right now after the way that they they mishandled MJ Morris back to back years. Like they mishandled it twice in a row. They like Devin Leary transferred out because of MJ Morris. And then they proceeded to take a transfer and Brennan Armstrong and bench MJ Morris. And Brennan Armstrong ended up being moved to running back. And then MJ Morris was like, well, I'm not staying here any longer. Like, he, he didn't play the last games of the season to, re- to retain his red shirt, and he left. I mean, we would be losing our minds if, if Josh Heupel did that. Just completely butchered the situation. They just completely – I mean, Dave Doran just absolutely – Mishandled it. Now, to his credit, I guess you can say, like, getting he's Grayson found a McCall. Stop gap. Yeah, he, he found a stopgap. I'm a little okay. surprised. Thing- what surprised me about Grayson McCall is that he didn't look like it was going to be North Carolina State from the moment he entered the portal. You weren't even going to take a look at Auburn? You know, I mean, you weren't even going to take a look around at other places that, yeah, Auburn was begging to get him last year. I don't I mean I don't blame him for choosing North Carolina State over South Carolina, but it was just it was North Carolina State from the beginning. That kind of surprises me. Yeah, I mean he's just going to come in. I think with already forty games under his belt, so like I, I was I want to say alarmed, but it just it was just annoying to me just because North Carolina State got better today than they were yesterday. Yeah. At least he's going to be somewhat frisky. Who who knows if he can play at that level? You know, he was good at Coastal Carolina. That's not, you know, really saying much. Yeah. At least now, like, he's somewhat of a threat. Now, maybe he's one of those guys that hits the next level and is actually, like, awesome, and we're fighting for our lives in that second game. Or maybe he's just somebody that's like, oh, yeah, that's why you went to Coastal Carolina. How many of these quarterbacks that have transferred, transferred have made a huge – a massive, massive chain, a massive, massive impact in year one, other than I mean, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Yeah, other other than Caleb, Caleb Williams. And that's different because his, he went yeah. with his coach. So it was the same offensive right. system. Right. Um, 
I mean, Sam Hartman didn't make a big difference. Yep. He didn't make nearly what people thought. Joe Burrow did it in year two. Yep. Could you – I mean – Penix was good in year one, but he wasn't like this. I mean – Yeah, I mean, he, well, he was really good as – was the first year COVID year? No, you're talking about when he went to Washington. Yeah, right? when he went to Washington. It's just like the year two Knicks is when was, he – Nix was okay last year. I mean, he was solid. He wasn't like this, of course. He yeah. wasn't a Heisman Trophy winner or a contender. Um, Justin Fields was pretty good at Ohio State yeah, his first okay. year. Yeah, okay, okay. That's a good one. I would say he's probably the answer. Yeah, that's it. Jalen Jalen Hurts, of course, a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, he went to Oklahoma and was pretty good. Yeah. So there are a couple. Yeah, and they're 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 two of them are NFL starters for the time being, at least anyway, and then the other one's about to be. I just don't. Well, and the other two are also at Georgia and yes. and Alabama, and not at Coastal Carolina. I mean, you could say Hendon was pretty solid his first year. I mean, yeah, he was he good. Penix and Hooker and Nix were all good. They weren't like that's what the, McCall might be good. I really but, think that Tennessee will beat North Carolina State just because of everything else on the field. It's just going to be too much to. They don't have anybody like Dylan Sampson. You know, I mean, they don't have anybody like Squirrel White. They don't have athletes like that. Yeah, no, I'm not worried about them beating us, but I did wonder it if it got tougher today. Yeah, I think it's I think it definitely did because without MJ Morris, they looked pretty poor. Well, you ask about the you ask about the quarterbacks. Uh, maybe you'll have some answers. Maybe this is going to be too obscure to really have an answer, but have there been any cuz like, you know, we're relying on a lot of defensive guys in the transfer portal. Have there been any good defensive guys in the transfer portal? Like any standouts? I'm sure there have been a couple, but like in my None come to my mind. And, you know, maybe I'm a college football casual when it comes to outside of Tennessee. But, I mean, like, wide receiver, yeah. Quarterback, yeah. You can find some offensive tackles on your offensive line. But, like, have there been any, like, stud defensive transfers outside of, like, Jared Verse, you know, going from his small school, Albany or whatever, to Florida State? But, like, anybody that else? That defensive tackle they had. That big white, yeah, that big fat white fire hydrant. That had like where was he from? Western Michigan. Okay. Um, I think at Tennessee, just Malik Jackson. I only Volquez yeah, had this conversation. Time. I mean, yeah. just like in the transfer portal yeah. era. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that your best bet for the transfer portal outside of quarterback is to get people like Keenan Peely. I think you only want to use it to supplement. And yeah, like, maybe he was going to be really good. Maybe he had to give me a completely different thought on this defensive. Well, I don't think he was going to be a star. I don't think he's going to be a star. I think that no, he would have been a nice a solid, supplement. Even a really good solid starter. I mean, like, because I mean, Norman Omar Lott or whatever. I mean, like, he was okay. I mean, he was a rotation guy. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. I think he's good. He just. Yeah, I mean, I, he's, he's a rotation guy. I mean, yeah. I, did he stand out to you? This no, year? no, no. I, I agree with you. What you're saying, I agree with what you're saying in general. The transfer portals, it should be a supplement. It should be a supplement outside of quarterbacks, outside of the most Us, important, outside of the most important position on the field. Well, yeah, I mean, there's so many quarterbacks every year. I mean, it, it does make sense that every guy pretty much transfers somewhere because big programs are recruiting one good one every year. So, like, there's just not yep. enough snaps there. You you can't 
obviously come in and rotate. You can't you you can't have too many good defensive linemen usually, but you can't have too many good quarterbacks, right? Like they're not all going to see the. Yeah, field. like so, Tennessee's quarterback that they signed this year is really really good. He's higher than we've signed most of the time in the last fifteen years, much higher than. So the if guys. Nico's good, there's a pretty there's what would you well, set the percentage? They're going to they're they're sign guys. George McIntyre. I mean, they're about to they're about to get another five star quarterback commitment. So Merklinger is obviously going to transfer. It's just the way that it is. I mean, right. Like, one of those guys is going to transfer. Like, if you add Nico in there, one of those, you know, one of those guys is going to transfer, what, 90% of the time, 95% of the time? Yeah. 100% of the time? Yeah. Two of those guys probably transfer. Now, maybe, you know, McIntyre, no, because, like, he's he's like, hey, y'all, Nico will only have to sit for a year or whatever, but. Yeah. So what do we make of all the defensive back transfers? Is that just like trimming of the fat and we're just going to start playing the young guys that we should have been playing more this year anyways? Yeah, I don't care anything about any of them leaving besides Slaughter. Okay. I do not care at all. And any cornerback that – I mean, I, Turnage and Burrell go. I want to see Ricky Gibson and Jordan Matthews. Jack Luttrell, I mean, who cares? Um, Tamarian McDonald, I don't really think that – I have a hard time believing Jordan Thomas is a drop-off. Um, I just don't care about these cornerbacks leaving. I want to see – you signed three really touted cornerbacks. Play them. I want to see them play. So, that's all I care about. Now, safety, you got to – their inability to sign a safety. And people want to talk about Willie Martinez. Like, I'm not defending – William Martinez is not a good coach, in my opinion. He at least goes and gets highly rated cornerbacks. Tim Banks doesn't sign anything at safety. He signs nothing. They don't get anything at safety. The last like highly rated safety we signed that I can think of was Jalen McCullough. We don't get anything on the back two. We, I got, it just blows my mind. Whatever. Maybe they'll sign somebody in the in the in the portal. Whatever. Do you see this new rule? This fourteen day window where basically all transfers and all waivers are approved. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. I mean, well, it's for at least fourteen days. Yeah. Now, like. Can they retroactively come back and remove someone's eligibility? Because I don't take it as that way. And the fact that they're even allowing the 14-day window seems to make a lot of people think that like it's because the court finds this to be a just cause or a yeah. just you know uh, concern or whatever that makes people think that like making people sit out for transferring might kind of go by the wayside. That the transfer portal and the one-time transfer uh, transfer waiver is going to turn into pretty much just even more of a free-for-all. Yeah. That's kind of the thoughts that I've seen a lot of people putting out there. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on it. I haven't read enough about it, but what are your thoughts? Well, it just seems like they have, they're just going to say, like, look, you are keeping, you're keeping adults from making their market value in the marketplace by placing. So this is now based off the fact they can make money and they're saying you're, Keeping them from maximizing I thought their it opportunity. Was. I thought that's what it was based on, per my understanding of what Ross Dellinger has been saying. But I haven't. Okay. Like, that was my understanding when I 
when he explained it that way last week, I just assumed that's how it was. And then I hadn't read anything else about it because I just assumed that's how it was. And I saw it say, that could be totally wrong. I think that's at least one aspect of it. I think that all of this is going to continue until they say, okay, we're going to treat students as, we're going to treat these athletes as employees. Well, yeah, I saw that the president last week was pushing for that, right? He wants every, basically every scholarship athlete to get $30,000. Yeah, which is just going to like divide, you know, FBS football into two, basically, which is fine. I don't have Yeah, I mean, it's the haves and have nots. At yeah. least in his proposal, he's like, hey, if you're a group five that can afford it, you know, think like maybe Houston or SMU before they were going power five, obviously. Like, hey, you have the option to try it. You know, UCF, yeah. Cincinnati, those type of schools. But yeah, it'll be the haves and has nots, but that's kind of what it already is. There's kind of My question with that is like, can those players still go out and get more money NIL wise? Are they kind of capped? Because it said the school was in charge of NIL, which means it's basically just going to go back to like fundraising so, with donors. Uh, so the way that Ross Dellinger explained it is basically that Charlie Baker's proposal was not a serious proposal. Okay, but it's it just was the not, first step in terms. It's of just like, hey, it was just like a it was just like them doing something for once. But nobody's okay. taking it seriously because, like, it's just kind of outrageous that it's not just football players, right? It's not just football players getting that money. No, it's, it's going to be women, too. Like, it was going to coincide or it was going to, you know, um, honor Title IX or yeah. be compliant to Title IX, I guess I should say. So, like, the way around that is what the SEC already does, which is... The SEC has a lot less sports than, like, UCLA does in the Pac-12. So the SEC has more money to give to, you know, like, you just start slashing sports and you're going to cut scholarships for women, you're going to cut sports for women so you can pay the football players so you can be in the have and so you can be with the, you can keep up with the Joneses kind of thing. It's just not, Ross Dellinger said it's not, he's the top dog on this stuff. He said it's not really, nobody's taking it seriously. He... He has said for months, until you treat these athletes like employees, it's not going to get any better for you. And so it's obviously the way to go is like you treat them like employees so they can't leave. You want this huge NIL, well then, okay, you can have it, but you have to stay for X amount of years. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be the practical next step, which is funny because if they just would have done this, you know, a decade ago, we wouldn't have gotten to this, you know, need and maybe... You know, we don't have to – who knows? I mean, I don't know if it would have stopped realignment or whatever, but it, it just – people have been saying this for, you know, 15 yeah. years or whatever since Northwestern tried to unionize, and it's they were so, you know, Well, a union's, a union's never going to work because there's way too many – like, because it's just not fair. Like, Caleb Williams is – he's not going to want to agree – like, it, the, I don't think the union will work either, like – I don't think a full union for the whole sport will work. There's too many oh, players. Oh, sure, sure. And, I, yeah, I was just saying, you know, that – That team in general, yes. That team kind of got this ball rolling. And, yeah, I mean, you see it now at the NFL. Like, when it comes time to negotiate all this, the the middle class always kind of fights with the stars because, you know, the stars are like, hey, no, we want as much money as possible. Yep. You know, and all this stuff. So, like, yeah, sure. But, okay. I don't really have any other thoughts on that. Thank you for kind of laying that out for me because I'd seen it today and hadn't really read into it, but it does seem just kind of like posturing for now. The transfer portal and the tampering. It's it's they're, like they're I, now I, like begging to be regulated. Yes. The I, I really believe that Charlie Baker's proposal last week was just 
it was nonsense. Like it was totally, it was like just for once the NCAA just wanted to be seen doing something because you, like you said, they haven't done anything for a decade. They've just sat idly by and twiddled their thumbs. I mean, the, the whole thing is like the ACC, you know, the reason why we don't have a 12-team playoff is because of the ACC. Because they twiddled their thumbs doing that alliance with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and that kept realignment from happening earlier. I mean, that kept expansion from happening earlier. If it wasn't for them and that stupid alliance, which, by the way, was never an alliance, obviously, because the Big Ten went and poached four teams from its ally, we would have had a 12-team playoff this year, and Florida State would have been in it. But to be honest, I'm sick of Florida State to begin with. Are th- like, your quarterback is hurt. Shut the hell up. You weren't even that good to begin with. Shut the hell up. You should be thankful that you didn't have to go out there and get embarrassed. I don't care that the second string quarterback was going to play in the playoff. He wasn't any good either. Yeah, he sucked against Florida. Now, I will say that, you know, if I'm a Florida State fan, at least you get to feel like you got screwed rather than make the playoff and get absolutely dominated. Like, I would take a little solace there. Like, I'd, I'd fake be mad and act like we should get in. But, you know, whatever. You, you get to say you went 13-0, and if you just would have gotten a chance, maybe you could have won it all instead of getting beat by, like, 30 points. I was blown away by the clutching of pearls by the chattering classes, a.k.a. the journalists, over this. In no way, shape, or form should Florida State be in the playoff, okay? Florida State getting left out does not mean that games don't matter. Games matter because Georgia's not in the playoff. If games didn't matter, Georgia would be the one seed, Michigan the two, Alabama the three, and Texas the four, or some variation of that. Games still matter, okay? Games matter because if games didn't matter, they would have went ahead and put Oregon in the playoff and not played the Pac-12 championship game. It's just there are extenuating circumstances that you have to take into account. I'm just, I'm blown away by it. Well, the point I was surprised that no one ever made is just, you know, you go back to the alliance and you go back to the expansion and everything. Like, for three years at least, four years, five years, like, the idea of a, quote, power five has been bullshit. Like, everything about college football for the last five, six, seven years has said, like, hey, not every conference is created equally, right? Like, yep. they pretty much came together and decided seven years ago, hey, the Pac-12 kind of fucking sucks now, huh? Yeah. Like, hey, the Big 12, well, they don't even have a conference championship game for those two couple years. Like, huh, that's not really fair. ESPN and Fox are like, we want to give all our money to the SEC and to the Big 10. All offseason long, ironically enough, Seth, led by Florida State, they're like, hey, the ACC kind of fucking sucks and we don't have enough money. You need to start paying us to stay in this shitty conference because we're carrying it. We're carrying Virginia Tech. We're carrying, you know, Syracuse football. We're doing all these things. And maybe that's not fair to Virginia Tech, but like Florida State and Clemson were like, you need to pay us or we're going to go to a real conference that's going to pay us. Well, Florida State did nothing but complain about the conference and then wanted to say, well, we won our conference. Isn't that good enough? Right. That's well, you, my point. Meant, yeah. Like they, they did everything to like diminish, you know, yeah. to, to diminish the ACC all offseason. The ACC sucks. It sucks. It Clemson if winning Florida good. State's not wrong, but like then you can't turn around and say, "Well, we we won our conference. It's so good." I was our just best win was nine and three LSU. Yeah, like I was just blown away by people. Like obviously the the committee did the right thing. They put in Alabama over Florida State. 
it's it's like once you put Texas at three, it had to be Alabama at four. Yeah, because the I, math the math blocked anything else from happening because you weren't leaving out the SEC and you were not leaving the team out that beat them on the road by ten points. Yeah, so it's like you either had to put FSU three and Texas four, but once you put Texas three, like how did you have any argument with it at that point? Like it had to be Alabama. I didn't expect to argue about realignment, or, or excuse me, the playoffs, but I guess we didn't do a podcast last week. so We're, we're not arguing. We're agreeing. Well, yeah, I just meant yell. Yell about Florida State sucking, because you're right. And you've been anti-Florida State for a while now, so you get your chance. A year ago, you made it clear that you hated them. Yeah, I mean, I started off this football season ranting about them. Right, who, are they, so. who are they getting in the portal at quarterback? Have they gotten oh, one? Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess they need one, huh? Yeah. I don't question. know. Anyway. We need a backup, right? We're not going to get one. You don't think we're going to get one? No. Not even like a Tyler Buckner or whatever type from Notre Dame who, you know, I know it's obviously going to be him because he's going back to Notre Dame to play lacrosse. But that's being- no. This was like why I posted in one of the game threads one time in one of these games. I actually thought Gaston Moore playing was a good thing because he might, they need him. Yeah, I but think- he's like, hey, I'm done playing football. I thought he was coming back for another year. Oh, is he? Okay, well, he went through senior day stuff. He went so through senior that. day. I, but I, up until then, I had thought he was coming back. They have to go get somebody if he leaves. I don't know who you can get, though. Once they did the senior day and let him get those last couple snaps in the red zone, you know, they took Nico out and let him try to throw yep. a touchdown. I assume that meant that was the end of his career. But, yeah, I guess I shouldn't be saying that if I don't know for sure. Well, I'm basically – I thought maybe they could find someone like – the Gardner Minshew type that was yeah. like, hey, I want to transfer and get into coaching. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe someone wants to learn under Hypel and, and you know, come up from a lower level and just be like, hey, I'm cool with being the backup. I just want to learn and then, like, be a grad assistant next year. Yeah. To me, that feels like the best you're going to be able to do. For sure, 100%. But they're not making any movement on that front, so maybe that means that Gaston Moore is coming back. Fair enough. I had just completely written him off, but I guess he could still come back. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get us some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Uh, new $5 patron, my good friend Nathan Odom. Shout out to brother Nate. We love you and appreciate you. Going to start riding more on the Patreon and taking signups for a top golf outing at the end of January. So if you're on the fence and you want to come golf with us or something and get acclimated, Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. The basketball game threads are hit or miss when things are going good or bad, much like the basketball team. Any thoughts on basketball, Seth? We haven't talked about them yet. Nice win against Illinois. Nice win. Good first half last night against Georgia Southern. Shitty, shitty second half when we go to NC State or we go to Texas to play NC State on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, Any thoughts? Jonas Adu? Yeah. I yeah, I mean, at least he's showing some type of offensive bag right now. Um, in terms of Illinois, I just think that it was nice to see – Santi looked like his old self again, and Josiah to have another good game. And then they both shit the bed last night. Yeah. Which I'm not worried about because it was a game that, like, hey, you know, you could roll out and beat. You know, they could have played me and you. 10 that team is each, so bad. That team is so bad. But at the same time, they're supposed to be your veteran veteran yep. leaders. They kind of need to set the tone for the young guys. Yeah. So that was a little disheartening. But, yeah, come out and beat NC State. You know, they're, they're an, a solid team, an average team, like 75th. Doing the net rating and Kim Palm and all that. So, like, 
I anticipate Tennessee will be favored like 10 points, 11 points. Yeah, I mean, the good news is is that it's it's you know, December 13th, Tennessee has two top 15 wins already. So, you know, that's good. Let's hit some Patriot questions right quick, then I know you got to go early. Brother Marwan asks, would you rather sneak into the playoffs as the seventh seed at 9-8 and eight or get the number four pick in the draft? Go to the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. I assume he's talking about the Titans, of course. How about my beautiful baby boy with the golden rocket arm, Seth? He made NFL history on Monday fun. night. It was fun. Two types of NFL history. He was the first rookie quarterback to ever throw for 300 yards on Monday night football. Check. And he was the first quarterback ever to be trailing by 14 points with three minutes left and win the game in regulation. Check. An historic comeback for my boy. So what's the deal with the Dolphins? I think they uh, kind of got caught sleeping, and Tyreek Hill got hurt in the first quarter, and they just kind of got caught flat-footed. Okay. So you th- you think there's really nothing to uh, worry about, even though they like haven't beaten a team with a winning record yet? Oh, I mean, not to worry about. No, I mean, like I, I thought that, like, hey, they're really good at home, and if they have home field advantage, they can win the AFC. But uh, that was a bad, bad game for them to lose when it comes to trying to get the home field advantage. Like, that's pretty much now going to go through Baltimore, and – Feels like Baltimore should be a pretty heavy favorite to win the AFC. So yeah, Miami kind of lost the lost it there. I do still think that they got enough talent to to string it together. But no, yeah, like I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl anymore. Okay, I have been thinking that all year, but they don't have enough. They don't. They don't um, play smart enough football. It seems like they they have some head scratching stuff. Although I do think pretty much everyone in the AFC is flawed. Like I think it's wide open. Baltimore's defense has given up a lot of points at times. You know, they barely squeak by the Rams. I think the Chiefs have no wide receivers. For sure. The Bills might not even get the damn playoffs. The Bengals would maybe be able to win it, but they don't have Joe Burrow. And I don't think, obviously, I don't think Jake Browning is going to run through the AFC playoffs. So, like, I, I don't know. You might be at the end of the year and be like, hey, the Texans are in the AFC championship and they might win. Yeah. Who the hell knows? So I'd rather go nine and eight to answer Marwan's question because if you go nine and eight, that means Will Levis has ended the season. Oh, you know, almost assuredly, not you know, it wouldn't be Tannehill. You know, assuming Will Levis doesn't get hurt in this, he'd win five straight games, and the vibes would be pretty high. And you know, you go into the the off season with the most cap space in the NFL, you feel good about Vrabel again. That would be a big, big win. Imagine the conversation around Will Levis if he takes his team to the playoffs. With five yeah, I was wins. gonna I was gonna say the playoffs too, just because if you get there, it's on the back of him and all the momentum you have. You could probably go sign whoever you wanted to, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the playoffs would be awesome. I, I would definitely take that, even if it means we get our ass kicked in the first round. Top five picks are cool, and at, at, at number four, or number five, you could get a big tackle that's going to be good, most likely. But you know, I, I'm a short term thinker. The, I, well, I want the I want the vibes to be good for my team. The vibes have been bad for the Titans. For over a calendar year now, you know, since the losing streak started, the vibes have been bad. So I want the vibes to be good. Yeah, vibes are good on Monday night. It's a fun game. That was a fun game. It's nice to see DeAndre Hopkins is actually as good as we thought. It sucks that we're not going to be a playoff team with him, most likely, because if, if you'd have told me he would still have as much in the tank as he does, I would have for sure thought the Titans were win, would win a lot more games. He's awesome. Brother CB, a.k.a. Colts beat reporter, asked, looking back, what was the better post-game quote? Joey Halsey 
saying Joe operated the offense at an elite level after he threw for 100 yards against A&M, or Caleb Herring admitting that the locker room thought they had won at halftime of Alabama. I got to go with B, the player, Herring, saying that he, the team thought they had it won at halftime. Just because it's such a head-scratcher, not only like admitting that, but I still want to know why the fuck anyone was asking him questions. Why was he doing interviews? He's your starting linebacker, buddy. Yeah, but he's not a team leader. Do all the play like all the players don't talk to the media? Like, why was he talking to the media? I thought they did. I thought they did. I thought they rotated, but maybe they don't. I I, I, have I mean, no when idea. I used to go to the press conference and stuff, it was pretty much like senior defensive backs. Like during my years, like Brian Randolph was always out there. Maybe they throw Corey Vereen out there from time to time, but like not the you know freshman linebacker or sophomore linebacker. I guess I, you know whatever he is. I, I don't think that was. Uh, really a thing I don't know especially one that wasn't very good but I get the offensive coordinator trying to defend his quarterback that they weren't going to bench yeah I do too now I don't think you could have had to say like you know you're out there playing at an elite level I don't think you have to do that you could have maybe just say he's doing what we're asking him to other people need to be better Joe's gonna given us a chance to win obviously we just won the game you could have said those type of things but to use the word elite was obviously really stupid it was very stupid. It just was just dumb. I mean, it was just stupid. Just dumb, 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 dumb. Very dumb. Brother Thomas asked the top three Discord channels I would nuke given the opportunity. Um, soccer. RIP Shield. Soccer. Uh, men Seeking Women. Um, Josh VFL, probably. The so horny channel. trying to get rid of the smut off yeah. of the Discord. I'm trying to not read. I'm trying to not have people who I love text me and say, you have to read what Dash is posting in the Men Seeking Women channel. The vile filth that gets posted in there. Yeah. Now, I don't... I have Josh VFL muted, but the last time I went in there was because somebody direct messaged me it was Gabe. Gabe direct messaged me to be unmuted because he had posted nudity in the Josh VFL channel, and they had muted him, so I had to go unmute him, and I had to be like, Gabe, I love you, but come on, bro. People look at this while they're at work, which is insane to me that people look at this on their work computer, but don't be posting, don't be posting naked women, guys, okay? Hold, hold the phone. Hold now, the phone. I'm, I don't know what you're about to say. Whatever you're about to say you is know untrue. What I'm about to say. It's untrue, whatever you're about to say. It's, you it's absolutely untrue. It's absolutely untrue. I believe, the, I believe untrue. the first person that ever posted any Statue of limitations. Statue of limitations. Statue of limitations. I'm just saying, uh, Bob Marley once said, be careful when you're pointing fingers because you got full. Wait, no, he said something about hands being clean. Never mind. That wasn't Bob Marley. Uh, when you point one finger, you got, what, four more, three? Three pointing back at you? No, that's not It's right just different when an admin your hands does it. If you're going to put your finger, make sure your hands are clean. That's what Bob Marley said. Who are you to judge Gabe's life for posting nudes? Your I hands aren't clean. I love Gabe. I just asked Gabe to take it a little bit easier. Well, that's I mean, fine. All I'm saying is... I, listen, Gabe loves big naturals. And you know what? So do I. I just don't want anybody to get fired from their job. Which is all to say, don't be checking this Discord on your, on your computer at work. 
What is wrong with you heathens? He posted. He said he posted nudes and yes, men it, seeking women. That yes, is off did. limits. There are no nudes yes. posted in there. Yes. Josh VFL one is the horny channel. You're allowed to do that there. Usually, okay. you know, you're supposed to put a spoiler tag over it. But yeah, yeah. But again, please note that Seth was the first person that posted nudity in there. Statute of limitations. This is untrue. These are calumnies directed against me. Apologies to Seth's sisters if he's listening. <laughs> Hopefully they're if, if she's listening, I meant to say. That's all I've got. I have to run. Love you, brother. Sorry for the abbreviated podcast, but it's the holiday season. Talk to you later. All right. Love you, too. Bye-bye. See ya. Do you feel the same when I'm away from you? Do you know the line that I'd walk for you? Walking the world.